All right, so today we have Kayla from Shepherd Church. Kayla is responsible for uh, all things content and communications related to kids' ministry. So she oversees like the preschool, the communications on their blog and other channels. So uh, definitely excited to see what we can chat about today. Thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Kayla, could you tell us a bit about uh, what called you into ministry now you found your role at Shepherd Church? Yes, absolutely. Uh, well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. But um, yeah, just a little bit about me. So I um, moved to California from actually Southern Indiana slash Kentucky area about seven years ago. And the day that we were trying to find churches, we had gone to a few, we went to Shepherd Church. And the day that I came here, one of the youth pastors was actually from Louisville, Kentucky. And so oh, wow. that was kind of like small world. So me and my family decided, okay, I think this is the church for us. We're going to stay here. And that day I actually met who is now my husband um, while I was there. So fun stuff. Um, But how I got into ministry is um, a little different. So I I kind of grew up in a difficult home situation. Um, I was around a lot of like alcoholism and uh, just a lot of hard things going on in my family. And so I just wanted an escape and a way to get out of that. And so I started volunteering at the church, Shepherd Church that I had been going to. And um, I basically just started volunteering wherever they would have me um, (laughs) until they forced to offer me a job basically um and so I worked for a little bit it does sometimes sometimes it does um and so I worked in the special events team and then um I I felt this calling on my heart to um actually leave the state and I went to Elevation Church and I worked there as an intern for a couple months um and then I was offered a job at Shepherd Church again, <laughs> um, this All time right. doing communications slash kids ministry. Um, and so, yeah, now I, I'm doing a little bit of a little bit of that. So it's it's been really fun though. Um, I, I love working in ministry. I love getting to work with these kids every single weekend and. Um, getting to do a little bit of writing and speaking and all the things that I love to these kids. So yeah, it's been really good. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you uh, for sharing so much there, Kayla. Uh, interesting story and uh, exciting to see in a small world, met someone from Louisville at Shepherd Church. And I uh, love to see that uh, before you were part of the team, you still went there. Like it's important that if, hey, I didn't work here, I'd still go to church here. Uh, yeah. So love, love to see that. Uh, and yeah, ministry is a great uh, channel, especially if like uh, home life isn't as uh, nice as it could be. So I totally relate to you there, Kayla. And uh, one thing I'm curious, you really kind of moved around a lot. So you had the volunteer role and then a staff position at Shepherd Church, went to Elevation Church and then back to Shepherd Church for communications. Um, What were some like kind of things that kept you kind of pointed at your North Star? Because what was kind of that North Star and how did it help you I kind of stay motivated and know which place to go at which time? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, a lot of prayer. Um, I, I think um, I was really young when I started with my first staff role at Shepherd Church and I was on, mm-hmm. I was doing special events and I don't think that was 
I just wanted to work at Shepherd. I loved this church and I just really wanted to work mm-hmm. there and um, do what I could to work there. So, so I took the special events job because I was like, man, I want to be a part of this. And I don't think it was the specific role for me. Um, it was a lot of planning and administration and I'm not always good at those things. Um, <laughs> so I think I was like, oh, I just, I love ministry and I would love to be a part of ministry, but I don't know if this is for me. And so then I actually applied to a few different um, churches. Um, I stopped working at Shepherd for a little bit, stayed volunteering. And I was like, I just, I'll apply to some other churches and see if I can find a role in like the writing, teaching, kids realm of things that I love to do. And so I um, just prayed a lot about it and I got accepted into Elevation Church and their intern program. And so I was like, man, I think I'm supposed to move across the country for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, gosh, that's hard. Um, But I did that and it was an amazing experience. And actually while I was out there, um, my, who is now my boss, he offered me another internship slash staff position at Shepherd. And he was like, Hey, I would love to have you work in the kids ministry and in our communications team. Um, doing a little bit of writing, a little bit of speaking to the kids and helping with our preschool. And I was like, this is kind of my ideal position. Like this is everything I love and in, in one job. And so I really felt like God was calling me back to Shepherd, And, um, and now I've been here for about two years in this role and I, I love it. I think it's kind of the ideal position for me. So I just knew God was calling me to this. And so I don't think, I think it's hard to know for sure, but you just have to trust that even if you end up making the wrong choice, God will always meet you there in it and, and um, lead your path. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, definitely something good to keep in mind, especially uh, when those moments where, uh, I mean, I've talked to so many ministry leaders and, uh, they zigzagged around the country as well. <laughs> uh, so it can feel like, hey, what's going on here? Because, you know, uh, that there's a lot of stuff involved in that, not just like finding a new job and you're making sure that ministry uh, and even you're, you have all your, your things aligned, but also it's like all the intricate things like moving your family, finding a new uh, place to live. Like it's just so much stuff, so many like what ifs come up. So it's definitely important to kind of trust, fall, lean back, uh, backwards there for that. So, um, and then I love how you mentioned finding something you knew it was your right calling when it was a nexus of. Uh, kids ministry stuff, writing and things. Uh, so what are some ways that you kind of create uh, engaging kids ministry experiences, both in person and online? And how is that, you know, what do those responsibilities look like for you as both on the communications and ministry side of things? Yeah, um, well, it's been different, obviously, with COVID. But what I love about our ministry is that Um, during this quarantine time that we had uh, a year ago, our leadership really decided to revamp our whole kids department. Um, Mm -hmm. We took the break as kind of a chance to improve on all cylinders and question everything about the ministry because this was the chance to do it. Um, So Mm -hmm. we maintained our online services while rethinking our in-person services so that when we did come back, um, the in-person would be so awesome that all of the people who are watching online would want to attend in person. Um, So it's been working. Our programming has been amazing because we are focusing on those in-person experiences and making them so amazing every weekend that kids don't want to watch online anymore. So um, it's been difficult and a lot of like rethinking um, the whole time. But I think we were like, how can we make this experience um, super fun, super engaging for the kids? 
but also connect with them in a real way. So that's what we've been kind of trying to prioritize is let's know every kid's name. Let's make sure every kid feels seen, even the shy ones in the back um, and just kind of have that be our main focus. So that's been kind of how we've been maintaining um, both on pers in person and online. Yeah, I mean, it's important, um, you know, kids, I mean, I was talking to, I think it was the uh, kids director at Sandals Church, and they mentioned kids pay attention to you when you pay attention to them. Uh, so I love the idea of making sure all of them know, you know their names, uh, but being in like a larger church with lots of kids, what are some ways you kind of uh, do that and make sure you are connecting with new families and, you know, keeping in touch with everyone else? Um, well, I think it starts with your volunteers. You have to make sure that your volunteers are upholding the same um, principles that you are. So I try to make sure all my volunteers aren't like, I, I know we shouldn't have favorites, but I think a lot of uh, me and other volunteers will kind of um, have kids that are like our go-to is like, you, you're a good listener. I'm going to make sure I ask you the questions or whatever. Uh -huh. So it's just making sure we're, we're not doing that. We're not keeping favorites. Mm -hmm. We're um, getting to know the quieter kids. Sometimes what I like to do is um, I'll make sure to email my parents and uh, tell them something great about their kid or whenever they're checking out their children, I'll make sure to like reassure uh, them that their kid is doing great in front of the kid. So he sees like, oh, wow, she saw me being nice to my friend or, oh, wow, uh, she saw me sharing my toys. You know, simple things like that, I think, really make an impact on those kids because they make you they make them more comfortable around you, honestly. So um, I try to always say something good about the kid in front of their parents while they're leaving and um, make sure I'm maintaining a good relationship with the parents and then also making sure that my volunteers are um, upholding the same kind of principles that that I am in my class. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that is that is great to hear. And it actually uh, kind of segues into my next question, which are what are some principles uh, that you and the rest of the team at Shepherd used to operate by and how are those kind of formed? Yeah, um, well, I'll give you one principle that I kind of always try to live by and then one that I'm learning right now. That I'm All right. Out. Um, so the first one is just go the extra mile for people. I'm a people mm -hmm. person, so I try to love people the best I can. I think Jesus modeled this for us very clearly that we are called not only to like our neighbor, but to love our neighbor. And that word requires action steps to prove it. Um, we know that God loves us not just because he created us, but because he sent his son to die for us. You know, that word, it has action steps. Um, and that's our example. And we have to try to model that. Obviously, we can't to that extent. Um, but that is our example. And so for me, this can take the form in caring for your volunteers, you know, not just seeing them as a number for a weekend service, but as people with stories and hurts and needs. Um, so I try to I try to take them out for lunch or um, get to know their heart and their testimony, write them letters. Um, I also will try to find young kids to disciple and to love on. I know when I was a kid, I was trying to escape home from my fears and try to find um, that safety net. And for me, I found it in the adults and shepherd youth and shepherd kids that took their time to mentor me and to guide me and. Um, I, I know it's a it's it's hard to find, but I think it's it's always worth it. And um, 
I, I'm just super thankful for all the people that did that when I was a younger kid and showed me love in a time where I didn't really have it. So going the extra mile for people in the name of love and Jesus is always what I try to live by and make sure my volunteers are living by. And then um, my second thing would be that I'm actually trying to learn and juggle right now, but that would be to find contentment in any season. Um, and for me, this isn't, I'm learning that it's not just this like gleeful, happy feeling in every season through all things. I think mm -hmm. contentment, um, if we pursued contentment instead of happiness, we would actually find more joy in, in life. Because I know a lot of times I've tried to do things that um, make me happy or find the job or the person or the thing that makes me happy. But then I'm kind of left feeling, you know, abandoned in the end because that's not where the source of my joy should come from. Uh, so lately I've just been trying to find contentment in all things. And this just means being okay with my circumstances because I have God. And I actually think um, I've been learning a lot about Deborah in the Bible and Judges 2 and 3. And I, mm -hmm. I think where God told her that um, her people would win this huge war against Sisera. They had a guaranteed victory. So she was actually able to go into battle with that knowledge and knowing and believing that God had her back, you know, and they won in the end. So I, I think in my life, I forget that I already have the victory in Christ. You know, my battle may not be over, but I already know what the result is going to be. So why do I, why do I worry? Um, it's just trying to find that, um, that contentment feeling and I actually read in an article. So I'm like nerding out over this. I, I oh, yeah. love this word. Um, but I actually read it in an article where a doctor went to the Himalayas and he was asking the people in the Himalayas if they have a word similar to contentment. And because he was learning the same thing. And they said that the actual like closest tran um, translation of this word meant the knowledge of enough. So this means that everything you have right now no matter the future circumstances is enough. So I'm just trying to learn this attitude right now in all spheres of my life um, because happiness kind of depends on outside factors and um, happiness says more, but content says enough. So um, I'm just trying to learn that in you know ministry and um, looking for volunteers in uh, my marriage and my life. I'm just trying to learn like, I have enough right now and I need to just learn to be joyful in that. So those are kind of the principles I'm learning slash living by right now. Absolutely. Well, a lot of info uh, right there. So, I mean, starting with the contentment. Uh, so there is a Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius, who was a Stoic philosopher and so Stoicism was a philosophy school practice in ancient Rome. And what's interesting is uh, Seneca, who was actually someone Aurelius looked up to, Seneca was colleagues and friends with Paul the Apostle when Paul was traveling uh, through the Roman area. They actually wrote to each other, expressed admiration for each other's teachings. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of my favorite quote by Marcus Aurelius is, the situation is not bad or good, but what you make of it. Uh, mm -hmm. And so... You know, there's a lot of uh, stuff like the Himalayas you mentioned, stuff in the Bible. Just if all philosophies throughout history have settled on the grand idea that, hey, contentment, you know, not happiness. Like if you want to be happy for a day, just, you know, play golf or something like that's an expression. Yeah. But you can't do that every day because that would not be fun at all. You wouldn't be happy because that's, 
you know, happiness is just kind of like dopamine, you know, chemical reactions in your brain. Uh, contentment, having a purpose uh, and maintaining a level, not getting too sad, not getting too ecstatic uh, is the way to go. So, yeah, definitely important principle to live by there. And then with the going the extra mile, I love how you mentioned that a big inspiration for you are the people that uh, went the extra mile for you, especially when you're younger. Uh, because you can always do that for someone else and just keep that uh, chain reaction going. So that's something very important. Yeah, thank you so much. I know when I was younger, it was just, it made me want to go into ministry. And so if I can try to be that for other people, then that is a win for me. So, yeah. Absolutely. It's a win for everyone. And speaking of uh, wins, what are some of your short and long-term ministry goals? Yes, um, my short-term goals would probably be to just build a great volunteer team. I mean, they're the ones who make up the ministry. And right now it's a little difficult because we're trying to find people that are willing and consistent and really solid leaders. And we have a lot of those, but our numbers and children are multiplying. So we're trying to find um, volunteers to help balance that out. Um, but I love all the volunteers I have now. And um they're just incredible. So I'm trying to build more of that volunteer base and just also making sure that the ones that I have now just feel loved and seen and cared for. I just do not want my volunteers to feel like they're a number on a weekend service. I, that's the last thing I want. So I just want to make sure I'm loving them as much as I can. And then um, my long-term goals uh, would probably be, I mean, it's hard because I think Right now I'm kind of in a season where I'm still so young and trying to figure it out and I'm just kind of willing to go wherever God leaves me. But um, mm -hmm. I would love to uh, do a little more like speaking and writing. Um, I love teaching and um, writing the word of God. It's a it's a big passion of mine. So uh, maybe finally doing some more speaking gigs or writing, finishing some of those books would be great. I'd, I'd love to start a ministry where um younger girls that are going through some of the things that I went through can build community and have mentorship and, and love and support. Um, that was so important to me when I was younger. So that really saved me and I'd love to have that kind of atmosphere for younger girls as well. And then um, my husband's a preacher, so I would love to just support him as much as I can. Um, he's a youth pastor, so um, awesome. supporting him in any way I can. But yeah, I'm. It's it's hard because I have these passions, but then I, I'll just go wherever God leads me. Um, but yeah, 